your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome back, me. Welcome back, me. Hey, everybody. I'm Rick Sol. I'm back from a week off. Thanks to Mike Hayes for filling in. And and then because I've been off a week, I haven't done anything in terms of re- I disconnected. So what I did today is I called Spencer Wilkin, the UW Lacrosse Outreach Specialist. That's why this song is playing. And I said, hey, can you come in here? And then we can just put off all the politics for another day, at least another day. Uh, because I, I don't want to, I don't feel prepared to talk about our Secretary of State resigning a couple months into the job or... Wait, I didn't even hear about that. Yeah, that quick, huh? I mean, I have opinions on this stuff, but yeah, so the, the, the guy who's over, I think he's like 82 and he's been in offense since 1974, although there was a stint there where he didn't. He wasn't the Secretary of State, and and then he resigns a couple of weeks, a couple of months into the job, and then Governor Tony Evers appoints Sarah Gadluski to the position, a former state treasurer who ran for U.S. Senate, a, what I like to call failed U.S. Senate candidate, and uh, now she's our Secretary of State, somebody who Spencer, this person doesn't have any duties. Secretary of State? And they sit in the, their office is literally in the basement of the Capitol, and it's cramped, and they don't have hardly any staff, or uh, you might have more duties than the Secretary of State. <laughs> okay, well, I Why guess dream job. Okay, it, who's the one that signs the ID? Isn't there, well, is that just an Illinois thing? Do, I, don't you have a politician that also signs your ID, like I your driver's know. license? Maybe that's just not a Wisconsin thing. And I don't have a Wisconsin license, so I don't know. Oh yeah, you're but, Minnesotan. But it is funny because there's uh, there there's there was so much talk when Doug LaFollette, and now we're going to talk politics. I'm going to make you sit here because I'll I'll just do this spiel, and then we'll talk about roundabouts because we're building three roundabouts on South Avenue, mm-hmm. and you have kind science of, news, kind of some science because I because you're the when I say outreach specialist, that doesn't condone science, but like you're a science nut. And we have news, like, right, you're you're going for your master's. I don't know if you want PhD. PhD. Oh, you have your master's. Sorry. Nope. I did not know. <laughs> going straight to PhD. Oh, you skip, you're skipping master's? What, oh, in physics, there's there's not really a master's standard, but we can talk more about oh, what man. that is later. Okay, you know, you go so straight to... I guess I didn't, when you told me that, I guess Dr. I Wilkin, in four to six business years. Four to six or 12 years, we'll see. <laughs> well, 12, I think you time out, but... Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah, they're just like, hey, you know... Maybe not for you. But you have you have some some weird, relevant, irrelevant information. As we come out of winter and there's potholes everywhere, you really can't just drive around without being. You can't just drive around with your phone. No, you, well, you just shouldn't do that. Your, potholes or no potholes. Right, but now it's really hard because you got to watch out for pedestrians and potholes and check your you know text messages. So probably put your phone in your glove box because. You know, potholes are getting pretty bad. Yeah, yeah you really can't you take can the dodge risk. the people because they're in your they're in your peripherals. And or a they bit. can dodge you. They right? can dodge you. And oh, they're yeah. in your peripherals a little bit, but there's so many potholes that you're not going to see, and it's going to ruin your car. So, but well, you have you have. Some I think news. this science will be exciting to the average, otherwise non-science enjoyer. Could, so, could it end 
potholes, you think? Um, if we did small this. ones, small ones. Yeah. Well, what's a small pothole? Because to me, not not something around here. So I'm sorry, Wisconsinites. Not something for you or Illinoisians, but maybe sometimes. So maybe because, in some of those wetter funded I, states, like okay, Massachusetts. In your, in your opinion, what constitutes a quote unquote small pothole? Um, something that before doesn't... it becomes a, a pothole, it's more like a large crack. Like a can gl- be like a glass hole then, because you think a pot like a pot kettle, <laughs> a mug hole. Like, why is it a pothole? <laughs> we have to, we'll go to break. We'll, okay. in a minute here, but we we need to. Why is it a pothole? Because you could fit like a cooking pot in it, like a spaghetti noodle pot. I feel like isn't What's like pot? isn't that kind of like a kind of concrete, like a. Like there's you mix no it con- in a pot and the asphalt's no mixed there. in a pot or something. Maybe it's like a pot mix. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have two it's competing theories. We have two competing theories as to why it's called a pothole. I'm going to figure be, this it out. It could be like a kitty cup hole. Like it's now it's just real tiny. Like Some a, of them like are like cup. pool-sized, so it's a pool hole. Yeah, I mean, there's funny memes that you see all the time with the gigantic potholes that a car falls in. <laughs> My favorite uh, is whenever they like celebrate the birthdays of potholes on the road. They put like little balloons on the side of the road and well, a couple oh, yeah. like birthday cake. Well, somebody, you know, because it, this gets out of hand, somebody used to put like dirt and plant a, put a plant in the pothole. Yep. So that like, Hey everybody avoid the pothole. Here's a giant plant. And then, uh, it, that would, you know, also springboard the, that's the, the kind of activism. I think humanity was really meant for during the COVID pandemic or maybe right before or after, I feel like it was a before pizza hut. No, Domino's had a campaign that they would come. They were literally going oh, to town. Remember that? I remember seeing that. Potholes. Yes. So, all right. Well, see, this got me off politics, and that's great. That's what um, I'm here for. Doug Follett, no longer Secretary of State. Uh, the, when Doug Follett campaigned, uh, the Republican who campaigned against him, the talk was that we were going to give the duties of elections back to the Secretary of State's office. We were going to do that. Give him a job again? Yeah, give him something to do. But then he won, so we haven't done that. But if the Republican would have won, this is where the politics come in. The 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 talk in the legislature, who the Republicans control, was that we were going to give the election power back to. Oh, our candidate didn't win, so now Doug LaFollette, you go back to your basement. <laughs> but if but if we would have done that, then maybe this would have all changed because now the the Senate Majority Leader has complained that the Governor Tony Evers has appointed Sarah Gadlewski to this position, and instead we should have a special election because it's an elected position. It's a partisan position, apparently. It shouldn't be partisan, but um, so they so Sarah Gadlewski. But no, we should have an election because if the Republicans win the this election, then they would give the powers back. the The whole thing starts over. This whole like politicized position. Oh, well, if we have an election, we'll give the powers to the Secretary of State's office again to if the Republican wins. And and Doug LaFollette's argument for resigning as an 80-plus-year-old man who's been in office since 1974 was, I don't have anything to do. You don't my, – my, my, I'm bored. <laughs> Essentially, Oops. I'm bored. Well, why did you run for it? But he could have, he could have been well, – while you guys campaigned on, you were going to give the Secretary of State's office the powers again – so, but you haven't done that in three months because while Minnesota, my state legislature in Minnesota is passing all kinds of things. They just passed free school meals. For I kids. saw that. Uh, what a win. Like, and that's awesome. They codified Roe v. Wade. They, they give uh, felons their voting rights back. Um, there's like, there's like 10 things that they've done uh, since, since they've 
taken office in the past three months. Wisconsin legislature, not 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 a ton. They're spinning their wheels a little bit. Maybe so, progress. To be, well, either way, welcome more, back. Maybe not politics later. Yeah. All right. We're going to talk roads when we come back with Spencer Wilkin from UW Lacrosse. All right. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. You got to, we want to stump Spencer on something science. If it has to do with roundabouts, I don't, <laughs> I don't know anything about. So they don't have roundabouts where I grew up or or, or lived. Uh, it is, it was like a Wisconsin Wait, well, novelty to up? me. Did you grow up in like a giant city like? like no, Oz? I where I grew up on a grid of roads that are flat, unwavering, yeah, you uncurved. Wouldn't have, you wouldn't have roundabouts. Well, there's sometimes there's roundabouts in the middle of the nowhere, but you wouldn't have a roundabout in a, in like. We don't rural. even have stop signs there. It's just. <laughs> It's just a good old, you know, courtesy wave at the, every intersection. Um, yeah, but that makes sense. But when you went to school, college, I, that's a bigger town. It's, it's no, just, is it a bigger town? Champaign, yeah, it's a yeah. pretty big town. Hard to say, though. I like, mean, It's Champaign-Urbana, it's about 80,000, 120,000. Uh, I think evolving two roundabouts now. I mean, yeah, uh, although Champaign is on not. The, on the north side of La Crosse, we devolved out of roundabouts, so to speak, because we put in a whole bunch of stoplights on I-94 that I always complain about. We paid millions of dollars to do that. But on the south side of La Crosse, we're paying millions of dollars to put in roundabouts. I will say I kind of enjoy the prospect of having roundabouts as you head down Mormon Cooley Road or South Avenue, whatever. Mm-hmm. It just changes names magically at some point. Because I tried to get to the vet the other day because uh, I had to take Millie to the vet to get her shit stitches to take out. And I literally, literally hit, not literally because then I would be running into, but I, I, had, I ran into every stoplight. So every red light all the way down. And I just thought, wow, this would be great by next fall. So by fall is when um, the construction there will be done. But as we as we complain about the construction and um, the, 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 uh, the way we complain about things is we complain about construction season now and pothole season. It's like a duo complaints because as we get out of uh, winter here and, and out of spring even, then the potholes hopefully will be filled. But if we were in Rome... Or if we did it like, what what is the cliche like? If when in Rome, yes, right? when in Rome. <laughs> if we built the 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 concrete the way the Romans had done, um, well, I would like to know when you look at pictures of Roman roads, they're mostly made out of stone. Yeah, which, they look like cobblestone. They're don't cobblestone. They? They're just, there's and there's a one street here in La Crosse is still is cobblestone, and every once in a while, oh, when I come off the bridge and turn right to go from from Minnesota to Wisconsin, mm-hmm. there's a little cobblestone strip there, Cute. and there's always a giant hole because there's one. Yeah, spot. they're worked loose with really heavy yeah. cars, right? So they get, they get shaken quite a bit. But um, Roman concrete, which I guess if you think more along the lines of all the building and lasting infrastructure, I mean, we're talking incredibly, incredibly old infrastructure, and the fact that it's not stone like the pyramids, but is still man-made, it's incredible how long-lasting this is, and. So scientists were completely stumped. You hear that phrase all the time. Scientists were stumped. They were amazed. Were they, they were buffooned. But right, they, like this we... one was true. We did not know how they made their concrete so long lasting. Last time you were here, we did a whole like thing. Oh, scientists on, didn't know things that <laughs> the, the cobblestone roads didn't, or the the Conc- Roman concrete didn't come up. No, this is because this is well because we didn't know the answer to it. I, I guess I didn't think about it. Have we figured it out? We we have. Yes, yes. I would say that we've actually solved the riddle. They put human sacrifices into the... <laughs> they no. put their elbow grease. Um, so what what we do with concrete, uh, very big we, picture. 
Yes. Okay. Active. Whenever you make your concrete at home, you know, in your wheelbarrow. I mean, I uh, have. We use cold lime. Lime is is a um, a a material that That you put in your margarita. Yeah. No, not margarita. (laughs) uh, What your that beer? Corona, right? Corona. Yes. Corona lime. Um. So they they discovered that if you heat up lime and not quick lime, but like lime, the the mineral, um, it actually reacts in a completely unique chemical way. This is where pothole came up because you heat the lime in a pot. <laughs> I forgot to look up where that term. Maybe it is you just like a, you that. can literally cook a, a stew cook in it. Pot, get the get your pot out, put some lime mix in there, heat it up. Okay, so the, so the secret was heat. Did. The secret is heat. Um, it's a chemical heat and, and then adding, um, like it's called hot mixing. And the, what happens is it's a brand new chemical reaction that actually creates stronger, more enduring bonds in the concrete. Um, Romans figured this out really quick. I don't know how or why they didn't really have microscopes that we did to analyze it. But what this creates is a self-healing concrete. So the scientists used this hot lime mix in the concrete, cracked it, and then over time, it actually fused back together. So those small cracks that slowly progress into larger chips or into larger holes would actually be, oh, they would self-fight. They would it sounds heal. Like, it sounds like the concrete that the Romans had was a living organism. Oh, I mean, it's pretty responsive to in a harsh environment, like I a watched, really wet environment. I, I watched The Last of Us over the last, the last week, and so part of the spoiler alert here, part of the the the, the zombie apocalypse is like the the ground is alive. So I'm thinking about this now. That's all I can think about is the uh, the zombies from the movie the la- or the show The Last of Us. So now <laughs> I have my, to watch I'm, that I'm show. It's really good. I'm all distracted, but okay, so. But why? Okay, it has, there, it has to do with the calcium, actually. Sp- so we specifically. need to take cement mixers that we have, the big, huge truck cement mixers, and put like a uh, put a little Bunsen burner. Or something <laughs> yeah, we kind of. So you, if, if as long as you don't use, I think they said slacked lime is what we use now. I don't know the difference. I'm not a geologist. Or ge- yeah, um, but if you use the right kind of lime and you actually warm it up, it will be able to fuse within your concrete. And we all know that a, we, we don't use, we probably, we can make the assumption that a, we don't use the right kind of lime. Yes. And because of that, we it's cheaper. It, it, we can't heat it up. Right. The, whatever we use probably yes, doesn't, slack doesn't lime work. does not work as the same. And then, and then C, even if we did, we wouldn't heat it up because it would be more expensive. It is more we expensive. would have to figure out how to heat it, something. or The you know. scientists are really excited by this. So I don't know if you've seen those videos of them 3D printing concrete houses. Looks super weird. But that kind of nozzle would actually allow like heat to be regularly applied to that lime as it's um, 3D printed. And so 3D printed houses will last a really, really long time, similar to the way the Roman structures today last so what i'm saying is it has to better not look ugly yes 3d printers on the roads just um living in 2025 so jeff on the text line brings up a good point and then i have another point okay Mm -hmm. first of all bring up can you just bring up rome on google maps can you just because you'll know by just looking at it is Um, the roads terrible are the roads terrible no but just like i just want a broad view of where rome is on earth and then, mm-hmm. okay, so my my take on the Roman roads, even if this, first of all, they were cobblestone. Second of all, they didn't have giant semi trucks driving on them, right? Or yep. potentially very heavy electric vehicles, which is going to be a dilemma that we're going, I've brought up many a times, uh, another EV dilemma that we are going to have to deal with because these cars are much heavier. Um, and then just, you know, everything, even in rural, you know, in the rural areas, I, I'm sure we have heavy tractors and, and other equipment, although some of the trailers on. Yeah, the, we are rough on our roads. So, so. So Rome didn't, you know, what did they have? Horse and carriage or maybe some 
some couple people, legions, you know, people, marching through people walking around, but they didn't have anything that I can't or that what the 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 Trojan horse was probably the heaviest thing that went on the <laughs> you road. Probably didn't even use roads for that bad it just, boy. They just had a Trojan horse. That was the and the Trojan horse. The rumor is it really ruined the roads on that one highway that went to wherever the Trojan. Yeah, horse the went. Uh, city not, planner was not happy about that. City planner was very upset. Uh, all the Romans inside the Trojan horse making that very heavy. Okay, so Rome. Okay, zoom out a little bit more. All right. So where what what would you say the climate is in Rome? Like in general, like are they temperate? Are they going through? Is it pretty warm there most of the year? Can, well, how close is Rome definitely to the humid. Um, it's, it's not getting cold, right? It's, I mean, not not like what we see, right? So that's I mean, what but, that's what Jeff says. I want oh, to prove Jeff wrong or right here. He said the Romans didn't need to deal with freeze thaw well, cycles either. Well, actually, see, look, we're actually on the same. Here we are, latitude wise. Okay, so maybe maybe Jeff is wrong. Jeff, if you go, if you zoom out on Google Maps of Rome and um, of Lacrosse. <laughs> We're, we're probably pretty close to the same latitude, right? Like, yeah, as well as, I'm, so I will not any way shape Rome. Extreme weather conditions in Rome tend to be heat waves with short spells of cold weather. Okay, so so, so I guess he is right. Short spells of cold. That's weird. We're so close. Yeah, but I think, well, because, I mean, atmosphere has, I mean, they're right next to an ocean. The ocean. They're also they're north ocean. of the... Um, Great the, the Sahara Desert, right? So oh, for sure. air flows okay. would be super different because what we have above us is a very strong jet stream. Where I, Rome might not have that. They might have something that's way more temperate. All right, Jeff, I'm, I'm a, I apologize. You're right. Got to take you, your science you know, nice and but, slow. But Jeff, you could nice have brought up the Sahara Desert and the ocean effect. Uh, <laughs> that would have helped. Um, all right, when we come back, there's a weird, uh, weird breaking dolphin news from the 1960s. 19, yeah, late 1960s. Okay, so we have breaking. Every time Spencer comes in here, we breaking bring. Breaking news. What, okay, so we did the, the uh, beaver drop of the 1940s, 30s, yep, something. Yep, that, early. That was, that was the, the first time we decided. So we do this every time she comes in here now. And then the last one, I t- I'm totally blanking on. What was the last, like, you don't remember? I don't remember weird, either. Oh, we did weird old. Well, you have to it go was to the Google. Two old, two old stories. Like we did breaking news, but it was from you know like fifty years ago. It's in here. We'll have to. We'll we'll, we'll Kentucky Meat Shower. Oh, the Kentucky Meat Shower. <laughs> the where Kentucky the, Meat Shower. That one's weirder than the Beaver Drop. The Beaver uh-huh. Drop is like we have to bring beavers to this pair. This place that was science gone. So we threw beavers out airplanes, and then this one was just meat fell from the sky, and nobody knows why. No as, one knows as why. We have like aliens. Um, roaming the earth now, flying around. I sent you that video yesterday, right? Uh-huh. The, 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 what could be aliens could have been like, st- like. Oh, uh, it's, it's satellite broke apart. So, oh, and we have satellite news. Weird, weird, maybe not so weird satellite news. When we come back. So you think of like '80s music and just like this is a snap. Like for some reason you're an old '80s music soul, which a lot of people listening are like really old soul listening to '80s music. <laughs> like, I get to get out the old cane and listen to 1980s music. Right. So, but this song, what this song reminds me of, and it's just a slow starting song, is the movie UHF with Weird Al Yankovic. I have not seen that, where, but Weird Al is an artist. Where Weird Al along with the janitor of the building, Kramer, take over a old TV studio, a UHF studio, which you wouldn't know because that's... Nope, never heard uh, of that. Uh, it, so we only had like five channels, and and three of them were on one one frequency. This actually is science, but I can't, I can't tell. I can't remember. But UHF would have been like channel 32, and PBS was on channel 38. This was the 
the one knob was UHF knob and the other knob was like CBS, NBC, and ABC. So we could only listen to these five. We could only watch these five channels, but they were on two different knobs, two different frequencies, yeah. kind of like AM and FM, maybe. Something you should you should look into it. I should look but, into it. Well, understand so how weird, old radios were. Weird Al takes over and then the all then it just runs through like, you know, Weird Al parody songs. Well, mm-hmm. this is just like he parodies TV shows. So it's kind of like uh, basically sounds what, like an enjoyable way to kill time. It was I, what, very funny and it was less controversial when Kramer from Seinfeld, Michael. His uh, personal life was kept personal before he did like the racist thing on a stage at a stand up comedy event. But. Um, yes, it's pretty funny because he's he basically plays Kramer the janitor and he gets involved and he becomes the star of the one of the shows. So anyway, uh, everybody, I recommend going watching UHF and then I turn the song off before. It <laughs> it's like, such a slow start. It's, it's such a, a slow, slow bird, song. especially like the long eight minute version, which I prefer. I mean, you can just sit down, listen to Dire Straits has a lot of really good songs. And, uh, and that is just one of many. Speaking of slow, as, let's as, just talk uh, about music the rest of the time. As in Major League Baseball, we try to speed up the game because baseball's so boring that we we put a pitch clock in. Um, you you sent me the story about a 1960s dolphin project. Yes, this is a secret lab in, on some island uh, run by NASA, and the story. Usually, sometimes they give you like a minute, how many minutes it would take you to read the story. That mm-hmm. is, I wish it was up here because it would, it's a it tome. Take me. It's, It'll take me 15 minutes to read this whole story. It's a wild, it's a wild trip into uh, American history. So, 1965. Um, so, and I just got fixated yeah. on one thing, and then I got distracted by trying I, to. Let me work you through what yeah, what right. happened in the 1960s. What a what a crazy time. So NASA funded. I want to uh, stress that everything that this researcher did, this um, experiment and beyond, are incredibly well documented because above all. This man was a researcher, um, and he kept very uh, deliberate notes. And so I think that's what makes this story so wild. He was an incredibly heavily credentialed researcher going into this. He might have mm, dabbled in LSD a little too much in his career that kind of led into his area of research. So he was. Wait, but, but, yeah. you, you talk about notes. This is a thing that, as we see a lot of congressional hearings, and court hearings, and we bring these people up to testify, they always refer to their notes. As a scientist, and and you're probably not writing them in a notebook, but maybe you are. I feel some people are still old school and do that, and sometimes you just retain it better when you write. Are you are, When you're researching something, the, like the amount of notes you take, is, it, is this a thing? Like this is just like you're always taking, you're always writing down. Oh, you should, especially just, whenever you're doing something based on observation or cognition, like what this is, you have to take constant notes. I mean, now we have a lot of um, video uh, capabilities, really cheap, accessible, so you can record and just go back, back and transcribe later. Yeah, we'll see a movie every once in a while. The, the, the guy will open his little handheld Little recorder. handheld, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. then you don't have to focus so much on taking notes. But uh, for things like this, uh, we unfortunately do not have yeah, a library of, of video. So we just have um, the results. And we're burying the lead here. So a this dolphin is... NASA secret science lab on an island project ends up with just a lady living with a dolphin. So you guys yeah, just It kind of starts there. Oh, it starts there. <laughs> oh, a lady living, not in the lab, no, but in, in her a, like, in a apartment. or something. <laughs> It's they they flooded a house. Could this be a cartoon? This was no, a Jabberjaw the no, shark. This, this used is to like, be a cartoon. Jabberjaw not, was a talking shark and walked on his. Fins. I'm familiar. Oh, it is walk- not that. It is. <laughs> it gets worse. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's rated R. It, yes, but we're gonna keep it nice and uh, euphemisms. We'll try. 
Um, yes, yeah, so in August, so from June to August, the original proposal by uh, researcher John C. Lilly. So John C. Lilly, to this day, is seen as the primary, the biggest expert on dolphin research. He, Did you say is like Wisconsin ties or something? Oh, he was actually born in St. Paul, Minnesota. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, this Maybe Minnesotans, you may not want to claim him. But <laughs> so he was really interested in dolphin intelligence. As we all know now, a lot of the things we know now, rather, were due to his research about how we know how smart, smart dolphins are. Well, he was curious if dolphins communicate via uh, telepathy. Uh, and so that's kind of where this thing got started. Telepathy? Telepathy, yes. sorry. You're reading it. That's, yeah, how, um, that's what I do all the time. Telepathy. I'll say chick fil Telepathy. And they were wanting to use dolphins as a way to spy and, um, like, do what recon well, I, and then I bring remember, them back. I and remember so, the military would use dolphins to find, like, bombs in the water. Like, yeah, uh, well, one step farther. What if they could talk to you? What if humans and dolphins could talk? They'd be on the walkie-talkie, broken breaker, one nine. This is Dolphin 21. <laughs> this is Peter. His <laughs> name was Peter. Peter the dolphin here. Submarine coming up on your six. Yeah, yeah so anyway. this researcher, once again, funded by NASA, believed the solution to this problem was give the human, give the dolphin some LSD, put them together in an apartment for 10 weeks, and just teach the dolphin how to talk. Um, this is, so, so it's this wild. Dude, and you say, this is where your assumption, John C. Lilly was on some LSD, but kept taking notes because usually not that I know, but like if you're, I'm guessing if you're on some drugs, like if you get blackout drunk, I'm sure you could get blackout drunk on some I, drugs. I assume he's very professional. Forget. He probably didn't do the LSD while at work, but, uh, but, but he wrote the notes down he, and then they, they hashed up this idea. We're going to put a woman and a dolphin, <laughs> a dolphin in the same room together and see if they could talk. Yes, and so it was. Uh, they were trying to teach the dolphin. Uh, two documented words were ball and diamond. That was where they wanted to start because it uses a lot of the different muscles in your mouth to say those words, and they're very distinct. There, and those are the words they my start. Muscles or a dolphin? Well, muscles. Both, Is I the suppose. Supposed to say ball and yes. diamond. Oh, good. They were trying to get the the dolphin to learn to say those two words. So this is what happens when yeah. you have a secret lab on an island and nobody's like overseeing this thing. This is how COVID happened, people. So uh, trick one, part one, was to get the dolphin. So they actually were able to to get, get a dolphin. Get a dolphin. Well, Peter, that would that would make sense. They're, who I think <laughs> they had done previous studies by giving the dol- uh, dolphins LSD to see who'd be the most friendly, and oh. they picked that one. And they brought them in, uh, and so the um, experiment was done that they had to bring in a a s- assistant to to live with the dolphin for ten weeks. Ten weeks was an arbitrarily picked amount of time, uh, and during that time, they would not be able to leave the presence of the dolphin. Well, over time, the dolphin became more aggressive, probably because it was living in a small house uh, with about two feet of water in it. Uh, they had slightly deeper parts, but it was not. Anything credible? So the researcher assistant, who was trying to teach this dolphin to talk, um, had to resort to less than ideal things to get the dolphin well, to comply. Is this researcher the part of my spiel that I yes, want to bring? Yes, you up? have to. This All is right. not just any old. This so is not this like is, an actual researcher. This is just male bravado, I think. So this the researcher had no scientific, so no scientific training or no science training or science background. Doesn't seem she like was it. Just the lady that lived on the island and heard about a secret lab that NASA <laughs> was running that involved animals. So she went and introduced herself. Hey, I love animals. I'm pretty intuitive and 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 might be able to help. And so this guy invited her in. Lily, I would assume. 
uh, the the scientist from Minneapolis. He invites her into, you know, hey, why don't you observe the animals and see? He's kind of like testing her out. But in my head, all that happened here was this guy thought this chick was hot. And, oh, sure, <laughs> come on, check out my dog. I'm on this island. It's it's pretty remote. I live in the secret lab. Uh, you're a woman. Why don't you come? Because if it was just some other guy, he'd be like, get the hell out of here, dude. But, yeah, anyway, that's my theory on well, this thing that happened. Oh, yeah. It, in was, the it was cruel to that woman to make her live. They, she had to live off entirely tin can foods. Uh, because they couldn't, like, interrupt this experiment. They, there were no, like, ethics considerations. And I think what came out of it, it ultimately was cut short, um, was that we learned more about human brains than we, than we could possibly have learned about well, dolphin and captivity. We say, and we say she lived in this house, some kind of house or structure with a dolphin. Like, were there little moats? In the house where the dolphin could swim around. I think around, it was just know? like an open, like, they just filled up an or apartment. she had waders on all the time? Because <laughs> well, were her knees and below always wet because she was walking in water all the time? That was the one of the biggest problems. They She was getting incredible sores on her body because she was living in a very damp, wet environment. She had to sleep on a metal bed just raised up out of the water. Um, because they couldn't keep fabric well, and if dry. It wasn't metal, yeah, right. If it wasn't metal, if it was just a regular bed, it'd be wet all the time because you ran out of towels the first week. There's no dryer in there. That would be dangerous with the thing that's made of water. Well, ultimately, this experiment did not slow John C. Lilly down. He ended up going on to do even more dolphin research because no one looked at this and said, maybe that man should not be around dolphins yeah, that was anymore. that my first inclination. Like, hey, maybe we should uh, you know, let this guy go. Because he's not being very ethical to humans and dolphins. Now, I think there was there were a couple key incidents later on in this researcher's life that ultimately led to NASA slowly letting him go. Um, which you, I would just recommend looking into the life of Dr. John C. Lilly. Um, and just know that not all scientists are like this man. But a couple key figures are perhaps not as misguided, but this was sincerely misguided. Some of the things we left out were uh, the woman and the dolphin. Did they get a little intimate? They did. They they did. They did get intimate. You... Dolphins are incredibly promiscuous creatures in nature. I mean, they're they're one of the only known animals other than humans that have intercourse for pleasure, and that is actually a really weird adaptation in nature. There really isn't much much purpose to it in the same way that humans do, and so that manifested during this study as. Very, very strange. Do you so, think there were like cameras throughout the house where he could like watch what's going on? It must have well, been. Well, right? there were there were pictures and stuff, but I don't know how high quality of and the documentary. Nineteen sixties. Only dolphins pictures. and humans have sex for pleasure. Very I, few I animals. I sent you too. a video the other day of a um, almost extinct parrot having sex with some guy, oh, the, some photographer's head. Yeah, the that, shagging parrot. <laughs> the shagging. The it's a kickapoo. No, um, kickapoo. The, the the weird ground parrot. Yeah, I don't know. But, but no, dolphins like, are one of the few. Why is this parrot almost extinct? Probably because it thinks this photographer's head is another parrot and he's shagging this guy's head. Anyway, um, should we put the dolphin story to bed? Uh, just like that metal not bed. Quite, not quite literally. <laughs> All right, when we come back, oh, uh, what, what do we got when we come back? You had just um, other space news and just wild research happening. Nothing oh, quite like we that. We need to talk about your Reddit post, even though you're not ready to talk deep dive into your Reddit oh, post. But I made a mistake. I kicked a bee's, a bee's nest. You kicked a bee's nest as you start to, st because you're going to be a, 
you're going for your doctorate in astrophysics, astrophysics yes, which means space, space. Stuff. And so you, and I make fun of you both on and off the air about the moon because, landing because we keep trying to go to the moon and we keep pushing back the mission to go to the moon. And I'm like, did we? Did we in the 1960s and 70s really land people on the moon? And so you posed that question on Reddit, and I I just want to get your take on on what has come so far from that. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom in the studio with me. You to be Lacrosse Outreach Specialist Spencer Halsey Wilkin Wilkin. <laughs> And uh, for anyone, she just got married, so uh, her name changed in the last eh, two months. Two months. That was in October. Months, three months. Oh wow. Okay, so I should. I don't Boy, know how time flies. Yeah. Um. All right. So, uh, f- funny, funny texts that we're getting uh, that have nothing to do with anything that we're talking about. And uh, I was just like, man, we should just like instead of like thinking about these things that was as Trump maybe possibly gets arrested tomorrow, uh, and and some other things going on in in regards to politics like that. They have, they have really no bearing on on you to, to think about in the middle of a science a, a science talk, but we should just go outside maybe. And and it's light out, and I took vacation last week at the perfect time, Spencer, because daylight savings switched over, so I did lose an hour of vacation, but I also gained an hour of like being able to stay outside. for the, It's light outside for like, well, now it seems like it's light outside for two hours after because every day gets a little bit longer. Um, but man... Uh, and I noticed during my vacation, Scott had a comment, Scott's comment, which you can find at wisdomnews.com, about how Congress could pass daylight savings. And what happened here was Congress didn't pass. The U.S. House of Representatives ignored a daylight savings bill that would have made the time that we're at now permanent. I asked uh, my rep in Minnesota. I asked Ron Kind about it, and I asked Mark Pocan about it, and they all kind of dismissed it. They all kind of said, yeah, I would vote for it, and then they all kind of dismissed it. And what happened last term, so prior to the election that just ha- that, that happened to elect a new Congress, the Senate accidentally passed daylight savings, or daylight saving, it's not plural, and the U.S. House of Representatives ignored it, never took it up, never voted on it, and so Biden never signed it, and therefore that Congress died, and what would happen is that they'd have to reintroduce daylight saving, and I'm sure somebody did in Congress in the Senate, Marco Rubio often does this in Florida, so the and then the Senate would have to accidentally pass it because the the senator who would all all it takes is one senator to go vote against the bill. It just takes one the way they did it, and that senator forgot to go vote against the bill. That's how it passed the Senate last time. Beautiful. And then we can then, do it again. So you, and then he blamed his assistant, of course, because that's what you do. You just <laughs> I have blame. to share. I have to share the story about how daylight saving time came into fruition. Like. Where it started, how it yeah, became a thing. Yeah, because everyone says it's for the farmers, so they can, but it's no, not at there's all. No, a, there's a crazy origin story for this. Okay, my guess, can I just do, from my memory, yes. it's about yes. World War One, and we're trying to save energy. No. No. Though okay. that definitely that's what I read all is the time. why it became popular and why Parliament and the uh, ilk actually um, did it. So Germany and Austria-Hungary were the first to use it, but that's not when it was first proposed. It was actually and I, I would like to thank Jillian, my science researcher, spider researcher friend, for this. It was actually introduced in 1895 when a New Zealander, uh, George Vernon Hudson, wanted to propose a two-hour daylight saving shift, which would allow him, an entomologist, to collect more spider specimens within the workday. That was where the because there are many nocturnal um, species of spider that he wanted to be able to collect within his 
allowed work time. So he went super extreme with it and said, we should change the way we define hours. So he so got I can up collect earlier spiders. in the morning. So he actually wanted to work because it'd be he darker wanted, earlier. I, I don't, I can't work that out. Spiders are nocturnal. So you would have to work at night, but he wanted more daylight hours to collect specimens. Oh, maybe because they're sleeping at, at during the day and he maybe. can collect them. Yes, that might be it. And, and also can can't work. see them in the dark. And if the and if it gets dark out at no five flashlights. And if it gets dark out at five PM, they're they're up and going. Yep. Can't and even tie He's got to punch out at five in the eighteen hundreds or whatever. Eighteen ninety five. In eighteen ninety five the we had the nine to five work day, apparently. <laughs> apparently a similar independent suggestion came in nineteen oh five when William Willett saw how many people slept late in the summer and missed out on daylight hours. Yeah, so, definitely. Like, uh, just make uh, it come on, come on, senators. Accidentally pass it again, senators. Um, all right, so we only got like two minutes here. What? What? Uh, I want to share a good feel-good story about the Mars rover and how science sometimes works in mysterious ways. You don't want to share about your 3,000 post Reddit post about oh, the moon we landing? Could- we could talk about that, so you, too. You basically posed whether or not the oh, moon landing I, was fake or I not, right? I went into r slash conspiracy, which is a internet forum for conspiracy theorists, because I was very interested as to why it seems to be a popular idea amongst conspiracy theorists that the moon landing was faked. I got 1,400 responses to this question. It was crazy. And they and had growing, all growing. kinds of reasons as to why they believed this was faked. So do you think in a month we'll be able to surmise? Can you? Are you I can collect this. Are you going to take I, notes and yep. gather your data so and, what and then been, research, right? Because mm-hmm. you're trying to look into some of the conspiracy theories of why and we we threw some people onto the moon in the 70s and we haven't done it since. We've done it a couple times. We've been to the moon more than once. Yeah, but we haven't done it in, you know, since the 70s. There were a lot of Apollo missions. I'm pretty sure it was like, what? When's the last person that's been on the moon? It's been a bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just haven't done it and then the, all the money's a thing all right that's all the time we have for today thank you everybody for listening thanks spencer i'll have to share the mars rover feel good a later I know, time feel good next month all right